0: Wow. so what, what are you what are you training for uh
1: i'm not sure good question
2: good question
1: <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah um i don't really know i ask myself that sometimes when i'm running like or cycling my 10th or 11th lap around centennial park and saying what am i doing this for that's insane um yeah i, w- I was training for a triathlon or a couple of triathlons but um they're they're put on the back burner now with everything with covid so oh, right, um okay. yeah i just enjoy training anyway so just keeping it up i suppose yeah um summer, summer's coming so uh yeah looks,
0: get the looks beach body in
1: the
2: on the beach, so.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah emma had mentioned to me that you uh you were uh, doing some triathlons and stuff like that or you were trying to um, or she actually said that you're a triathlete and I was like, Oh my god and then she was like, Yeah, she's a physiotherapist, so I was like, Oh my god, definitely need to get her onto the uh podcast then <laughs> Um Yeah,
1: yeah, I've done I've done a few triathlons back at home, but I haven't done any here because um I entered the first time I entered was in April, but it was cancelled with COVID, so
0: Oh right, okay. Um
1: yeah, and they catch being cancelled and pushed back, so Yeah. Um yeah, there's one at the moment in Husky, I think, just near Jervis on right. the thirty first of October. But I mean I don't know will it
0: will it happen, so yeah. yeah. What's the ma- major problem? It's probably like everyone gripping together at the start, isn't it? Before they take off. Sorry? Do you say think, that again? Do you think the major okay, problem please. No, it's okay. Do you think the major problem is that uh they probably worry about everyone being clumped together like at the start?
1: yeah i think I think that obviously um and people coming from all parts of the country so to fund the to fund the race they need I think the entrance from not just New South Wales, probably Victoria and other parts, and yeah you know they can't risk that at the moment um not sure what the capacity is for outdoor events, I think it might be one hundred or something like that, and the, the you know they have probably over five hundred entrants usually mm,
2: yeah
1: that's... um so yeah, all my Planned for her surf and like the Blackmoor's half marathon or maybe thinking of the, the Sydney full marathon this year uh, yeah
0: that's what we wanted to do Emma done it well she done the bridge run last year it was only like 10k but that was the first run she ever done and then she was like I wish I would have done the half marathon because she thought that she would be able to do it and then I didn't do it I was uh, training for um something else and then I was just like I didn't want to get injured and doing a half marathon or anything like that but i would have loved to done it this year but then they cancelled it didn't they which is horrible yeah
1: yeah yeah i know yeah i saw photos of people running across the bridge getting their photo taken on a sitting on bridge i was like yeah
0: that's yeah that's that would help
1: me sign up for another marathon or another half marathon
0: yeah that's like like a once in a lifetime opportunity as well like to run over that bridge isn't it well like obviously you could do it every single year but like if you're in the situation like we are, like if you were backpacking across Australia and you wanted to do it, like that's one thing that you should definitely do on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I was actually going through your Instagram feed as well. Um, a couple of days. I know I'm not a stalker. Um, I was just yeah at me. <laughs> um, yeah at me, and then I thought that I would have a look just for you. You fucking traveled a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I did, I did. That yeah, is
0: crazy. Had,
1: um I had a great time now. had a great old time, so I'm so glad I got it in before this year.
0: Yeah, de- oh uh, my god. I don't I know,
1: know. that would be the same, but um yeah, yeah, I had a had a great time. Um last year before I got here I took a year took basically a full year off working and yeah, I spent a year travelling around the world, so It's crazy. It was a, it was a good
0: year. Yeah.
1: Did
0: some of the that you had um, where like insane like like there was once that you were in like uh Bolivia I think it was I, I went right down to the bottom don't worry uh, <laughs> I was uh
1: oh there's a lot there there's a lot to go there through, was yeah. a lot yeah
0: but it was it's fucking it was so surreal whenever I seen them I was just like oh my god it's like a it's like an encyclopedia for travelers around the world or something <laughs> like the might the pictures you yeah um someone please we just went to it was beautiful and um, yeah sort of the way I wanted to structure the podcast was to um sort of talk about like obviously your life in ireland and then um doing your travels and then how you managed to come to sydney or yeah you're in sydney aren't you yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay cool um yeah so what um what made you sort of travel when did you start traveling and like and what made you leave ireland
1: Mm, yeah i've always loved traveling um like as a kid we always went um it was usually we usually went to France, um, France or Spain or Italy, um, around Europe. Um and then when I got to university, um I spent the first summer working. I spent like the first year of summer working. I said, right, I'm gonna work for this summer so I can get kind of money up and, and save work full time and then uh, I had a job like part time in Brainsalmus and there's like a department store in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, kept that going throughout the year and would kind of dip in and nice, I basically through four years of college and it was to fund my travel during the summer. So I think in second year in college we went to Thailand for maybe six weeks or something with the girls and then the next year I went on a J one and travelled up the west coast of the States um, and worked in a clinic there. Just a physiotherapy assistant. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think the year after that, I'm trying to think what did I do? I think after that, then I went to, I went to, uh, to Sweden on Erasmus from America, um and then did a little bit of travel around there. Um, so I lived in Sweden then for four months.
0: Sorry, just to interrupt you. See, um, you said uh you said J one and Erasmus. What, what is that? Is that like type of sorry, visas or something, or sorry, like scholarships? J yeah, so
1: one is is like um student visa, basically that. Right. I don't really know. I think it's just like this. Irish students get to go in it, um, where you can like have a working holiday, basically, for the summer. Oh, okay, cool. It up to four months in the States, so I went to California um, and worked over there, and I had to do a placement abroad, actually, or had the option of doing a placement abroad when I was studying physio. And if you didn't sort out your own placement, they would sort it for you in Trinity, Mm -hmm. and they would have sorted it maybe in Cabin or in Cork or... I don't know, some part of the country or in Dublin, and I just yeah. said, my friends are all going away for the summer, they're going to like Santa Barbara, you know, um, Huntington Beach, type of LA, Santa Monica, there's just yeah. not a hope in hell I'm going to sit at home and be put on placement in cabin or
0: yeah, definitely. somewhere like that, so, so
1: um, I started emailing clinics um, up the coast up the States, um, uh, emailed probably like 200 places to see if someone would take me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the I found a clinic that would take me on and sign off my placements, um, and then they kept me on there just as like an assistant for the rest of the summer. So was kind of the start of any, I suppose, long-term kind of travel or living abroad yeah. um, for me. So I was 21 then. Um, yeah, so I did four months in the States then, and then went basically at two days at home, and then we have a study abroad program uh, in Trinity, um so myself, and my best friend went to Sweden to finish out our placements. Um and we worked in spinal cord injury there and um yeah, in a hospital there. So it, it was about three and a half months I think in Sweden. Oh wow. Um that wasn't so much travelling but we travelled a bit at the weekends. Um yeah. but again living abroad. Um yeah, so then came back to Dublin to do my finals and then after my finals of Straight away again with another friend to do a bit of backpacking around Southeast Asia for about six weeks. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, so that was kind of the start of the, the work travel, work travel, or yeah. the love affair of Pharaoh's travel. Um, kind of began from there. I'd say from, from university. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then then after I did a did a masters um in sports medicine when after I finished my undergraduate degree. Yeah. And then. Um yeah, I always wanted to, uh, we've been skiers as like as kids. We kinda of grew up skiing, we're taking a week a year and going skiing, so I always wanted to go after seeing the film Chalet Girl. I don't know if you've seen that. What's it called? Um always went Chalet Girl.
0: A chalet girl.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's up? Um it's this girl who works and uh, she goes and works in the chalet, um and has like, you know, the winter of her life. Um meet some out of her dreams and everything so
2: oh, no, I always wanted that. to go and work <laughs> you also you also checked the film out. Um yeah. she works in a ski a ski resort
1: for um for the season so the season lasts like four to five months. Yeah. Um yeah, so I wanted to work in a ski season, I wanted to do a ski season, so working and skiing for a season in the French Alps and uh my parents were pretty, you know, reluctant. They were like gonna go clean toilets but, you know, <laughs> um just clean clean houses for people when yeah. like you know you've done a degree you finish your master's like what are you doing so i was like no, no, no i'm gonna get a job as a physio working out in france for you know a private practice or a ski team or something so yeah. um i did actually i managed to to go and uh get myself a job with like a private practice all right cool um i had in in the alps so uh yeah, and I did I did four months in the French Alps, uh, working and living there. Cool. Um, so again, that kind of going away coming back. Um and I don't know, I've just I never I came home, worked in Ireland for a couple of years. Um but it, it never it never escaped me. I just always wanted to go. I wanted to go on this big kind of rather than yeah. working and living I wanted to go. It sounds travel and
0: like, things. It sounds like so. you just didn't want to stay in Ireland. It's kind of what like I've got as well. I just don't want to stay there. <laughs> you just wanted to get away all the time. Um
2: I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I wanted to bring you back to the very start cause, um you got really excited there and you just basically talked about the whole, like, half of your life. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Winston, I bought no. in and tried to stop her. <laughs> um, but no, that's good. Um, that's amazing, all these places that you've been. So whenever you were in America, did you say that you were in L.A. or were you in uh, New York?
1: No, I was in um, a place called Huntington Beach. It was 45 minutes south
0: of L.A. Oh, right. Okay, cool. So little so It's Is that yeah. like Warren's uh, County? Is that like around that area?
1: Yeah, not that far. Yeah, 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 not that far from Orange
2: County, yeah. And
0: yeah. So you were in university in Trinity and that's what you studied? You just went as soon as you went in the university, it was for physiotherapy. Yeah,
2: that's
0: correct. Um yeah. what was your interest to try and what was your interest to to do physio? Were you always like sporty athletic or?
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I was most naturally gifted sports person, but uh uh, tenacious and, uh, liked training, liked, like all things sport. Um I think my, my old ex-kamogi, um, <laughs> teammates can attest that I did not have the best hand-eye coordination. Um <laughs> but I was fit. I, I was in a swimming club and, yeah. uh, was in a running club and stuff like that and anything see to get me out of school. Like, mm-hmm. if there was something that was on, on a Wednesday afternoon and, you have to travel for it and you would get out of class for the day. I was like, yeah, yeah, sign me up, I'll do that.
0: (laughs) That's brilliant. And was your mum and dad, like, very supportive of you, like, doing that as well?
1: I think they probably would have wished I went to, like, I I, I went to after-school study for a bit and basketball and hockey used to be on trainings twice a week at the same night that I had signed up for after-school study. Oh, wow. Um, So I would go and play basketball and hockey and then catch the last 40 minutes of after-school study. That's so crazy. I, think, I probably wish I maybe had done a little bit more study. But I did take the, I think, um, for us it's our leading search for you guys your A levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did take right. the last two years of school, a um, uh, bit more seriously because I, you, know, if I didn't get the grades. I wouldn't, wouldn't, get into my course. So.
0: Yeah, of course. So you were doing hockey, basketball, swimming, camogie. Like it looks like you were doing everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, like up until kind of in the junior cycle,
0: uh, yeah, I was doing everything, yeah, yeah. That's good though, because it keeps you busy and it means it keeps you out of trouble as well. Like, I know for me, um, i done soccer and I was doing Gaelic football, and it was two sports that I was doing, like, in, and it was in school and outside of school, and uh, I loved it. It like just kept your mind ticking, and like, like you, I, I flipping, I really didn't like schoolwork, and uh. I just thought that that was good to sort of channel my energy to instead of, uh, getting up and being a wee shit outside of school and being in school as well, Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably different for like, uh, guys and girls. Obviously, I think guys need the extracurricular like activities more than the girls will would because I well from where I'm from anyway, I like would have like got into like the wrong wrong group of boys and like we were just like done mayhem with each other especially in school um, getting suspended and shit like that and i just really didn't like school i really hated it and then i ended up being in university um, which was weird and a lot of my uh teachers were like how the fuck did that happen like they didn't say that to (laughs) me but like i could see on their faces that they were like fucking hell this guy's went to university Um, so yeah it was kind of like a fuck you back to them but um I feel like sports really did help me. Like I know if I didn't do sports, like I would have been in a lot more trouble than like what I did get into. Um, but I'm sure it's it's probably the same for girls as well. I don't want to fucking uh, be sexist or anything like that. <laughs> um, but I don't even know where where about you're from. And you're from Dublin, did you say? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just outside Dublin. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Um, cool. Kind of on the new Dublin border. Yeah, that's where I'm from.
0: Not nice. And uh, do you have any like siblings? Do you have any brothers or sisters?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have a brother and two sisters. Yeah.
0: And were they the same as you? Would they like wanted to like get out of Ireland or sort of travel around the world, or are they still there?
1: Um, they're also home. Um, my brother met me like on a whim about around about a week before to come and meet me in Peru. Um, okay. so we flew to Cusco. Um, met us in Peru and did. Uh did like I think five weeks of travelling or so, but um yeah, um I don't know what his plans are. He I think he is thinking of um going and working abroad. Yeah. Um and just wants to get a couple of years' experience at home working. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, my I've one sister um who came and met me in Peru also.
2: Oh, and okay, we did cool. a month
1: of travelling. Um I think she really enjoyed that. Um I don't know if she's got as much of a grow to like Yeah to leave her much of an itch to, to leave long term um and then my other sister um yeah i think she's pretty keen on on getting out. she loves to travel as well she spent her summers working abroad in in canada and yeah. traveling around southeast asia um in uni so uh yeah i'd say i might have one or two of them joining me um when yeah. they can get out here so who knows, yeah,
0: week. whenever all the restrictions are left um, hmm. that's class so are you the oldest of them or are you the youngest yeah, I'm the eldest, yeah. You're the eldest, yeah, okay. So you're sort of going to take them um, under your wing whenever they do finally come over here?
1: Yeah, I'd love them to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be great for my poor mum
0: to break her heart, but, uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd
1: love
0: them to come over. Um, so you went to Sweden then, and uh, you said it was on Erasmus. Is that just like the sort of like uh like scholarship sort of thing, where you or like a gap year sort of thing?
1: No, the gap year is such we um so there's four students from my year, uh from my class who there's like four places to go abroad yeah. um if you wanted to and, and to study abroad. So you could do part of your so part of your degree like we had placements to do. So a certain amount of supervised clinical hours um in different areas, like in kind of different medical areas mm-hmm. be it like, you know, in um neurology or in orthopedics. Um, or pediatrics. So yeah, I had had two modules to do over there, two placements. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, myself and my friend, it was either Sweden or Norway. So we chose Sweden. I went to a hospital there and worked. So it was a university hospital. Mm-hmm. Um. And then worked, what kind of work and study. Did our our placements, but we were final year students, so we had like quite a bit of autonomy. But uh, yeah, we were yeah. supervised. So. We lived in, like, student housing with the other, like, international students. Um, my brother actually did it as well.
2: For oh, okay, cool.
1: Two years after me. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I wasn't clear on Erasmus, but...
2: No, it's okay.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: not everyone knows what Erasmus is. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like a study abroad.
0: Game. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I think I did hear about it before, and then whenever you said J1 as well, I was like what the fuck is she naming and then it like sort of clicked in my head I was like oh maybe it's like uh sort of their scholarship sort of things or like uh something to do with like a gap year and you know Um, so you went to uh, whereabouts in Sweden were you? I uh, we went in Stockholm. Oh that's good yeah. that's the only place that I know there well I know a couple of football teams and stuff like that but um what was Stockholm like? Yeah
1: Stockholm was lovely um <laughs> it's amazing in the summer a little bit bleak in the winter, I have to say. Uh um, mm-hmm. like November December it's just a bit grey. Um yeah. and kind of end of October as well. But I got there at the end of August and it's stunning. Like the you know, I didn't really see a full summer or anything like that. But um what from what I did see it was amazing. The weather was gorgeous. The days are really long. Yeah. Um but then you can just see the days getting shorter and shorter and a bit grey and yeah. um, overcast but um uh yeah, Stockholm's a lovely city. Yeah, it's really, really gorgeous.
0: Did it snow much?
1: Didn't actually snow when we were there at all, so no. we left like at the start of December and um I think the snow hits there in more like January, February time.
2: Right, okay. So
1: I think it was maybe the very start it might have or the very end when it might have snowed slightly. It was it was cold.
2: Yeah.
0: It was
1: cold. But um it didn't really snow actually that much yeah. when we were
2: there. No.
0: Got I would love to go to one of those countries like Scandinavia, like for Christmas. It would just look amazing. But you said that it doesn't snow like in, until January time, so that's a bit awful And I find that like you don't really get like, especially in I remember whenever I was younger in Ireland, like I used to get like white Christmases. Do you remember that? Whenever you were younger, like we used to have it sometimes. Yeah, we did.
1: You know. Yeah not that many but yeah we had a few I remember
0: yeah I know and then it's little, like, little
1: sprinkling on the grass
0: Exactly yeah it was amazing I remember one year I think it was actually I don't know I was four at the time I don't know how I remember it but it was 1999 <laughs> and it was for the, uh, the or the new year like 2000 and uh, I remember that year it snowed and it was fucking amazing like just the snow and I was trying to think back like years after that like only a couple of weeks ago I was like when was the last time that I had a white Christmas and it must have been like I don't know, like two thousand five, two thousand six, or something like that. And I'm in Belfast, so I'm sure I'm sure you probably had the white, the same white Christmases as I did, because obviously not too far away. Um, yeah, we
2: yeah,
0: did. But yeah, isn't that weird that like you don't have like a, a, a white Christmas? Like I, I fucking I miss that so much, especially here. Like it's fucking like thirty or forty degrees here <laughs> on Christmas day. Yeah, I, I had I had one white white Christmas.
1: It was amazing. uh It was when I was in the Alps um, when I was working. In oh France. wow. Um, we were skiing and everything on Christmas Day, and that was like,
2: wow, that was cool.
0: Oh, that would be um, amazing! It would just remind me of like the holiday, or like hot tub time machine, or something. Like just go like skiing, and then you come in with your hot cocoa afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, we had like a roast that night, and yeah, um, yeah drinking like Bailey's hot chocolate. Um, oh, that'll be unreal
0: on the slopes. Uh, yeah, that
1: that was that was the only proper proper white Christmas I think that I've had.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: trying
1: to think. Yeah, no, probably the only one for Christmas Day that was like a definitely a
0: complete house, yeah i told you that this is what was going to happen whenever we were texting on instagram like we'd just end up talking about absolute shit like we're talking <laughs> <laughs> like yeah we're it talking wouldn't about- take much to have me off and like <laughs> you know a,
1: down an absolute hole yeah i know
0: like we're, we're just we're in fucking um, september now and we're talking well i suppose it's actually not too far away from christmas a couple of months time people start buying the presents and shit yeah. like that um <laughs> i wanted to ask you a question on that uh on the ski uh slopes I've heard the parties are supposed to be absolutely insane. Is that true?
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, went on.
1: Yeah, yeah. We went. I went on many university ski trips, and they are just wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any funny stories?
1: Um. Yeah, there's one famous bar called the
2: Folly. Folly
1: juice, and there's a couple of them in like a few different ski resorts.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah, the après is pretty good. People on tables come basically basically after lunch. Um. Come
0: two, two, 3 o'clock. Um, DJs, amazing dancers, fireworks. Yeah. That's so sick. I would love oh, to do something like yeah. that. That'd be amazing. Could, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Have you been skiing here in Melbourne or like out, out, on the like outskirts of Melbourne or Victoria? Uh, you, I haven't been skiing actually in yeah. Australia at all. Um, so no, I
1: haven't been. Um, I told her I'd be disappointed,
0: but uh, definitely want to go and check it out. But um, no, haven't been. Yeah, there's someone on um. There's someone who's away now. Is Kia away now? Kate's
1: away. Yeah, she's away she's now. now she was away over the weekend,
0: yeah. because yeah, I seen Emma said that there wasn't. Um, she said that there wasn't a lot of snow there, but then I followed this other guy on Instagram and he was at the exact same like ski resort. Well, I think it was the exact same. I, I don't know. Don't check me on that. But um, he was at a ski resort in Australia and it looked amazing. Like the the snow there was fucking. It was insane. I was, I was like, what the hell? Like the temperatures are starting to rise and he's getting that the snow like he must have just went up like really high onto the top of the fucking mountain or something
2: yeah it's awesome. um, i saw that's
1: awesome and i think it was a big dump like maybe two weeks ago because i heard it was like snowing in uh, blue mountains
0: oh wow okay uh,
1: maybe two weeks ago where there was a bit of like a cold spell like two weeks ago but yeah not sure if the temperatures aren't low enough the snow will,
2: will melt pretty quickly
0: yeah true exactly and um, so yeah, you went to Sweden then and you came back from Sweden and then is that whenever you decided that you wanted to do, did you say you went to uh, Southeast Asia then?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I finished my finals um, and then did a, a little trip with a friend, I think it was around six weeks, went to um Vietnam, flew into Thailand, we didn't stay long, stayed in Bangkok for a few days and then went to Vietnam, Cambodia and Bali.
2: Oh, okay, um, wow. Yeah, what was your favorite? Home to graduate,
1: and then yeah, we straight went straight back into uh working and into a master's. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a a taste of the backpacking and
2: yeah.
1: traveling around. Uh, kind of another taste when I just said, oh, I really someday I really want to take off a you know a chunk of time. Yeah. Um, and and head off. Yeah, and so, not be constrained by. You know, I've got to be back, and we'll be here in two days' time, and we'll yeah. be here, and I need to move on, and just, just constantly in a rush, or you know, how like ten days to see everything in
2: Vietnam, or yeah. You know,
0: what was your favorite uh, country that you travelled down whenever you done that sort of mini trip?
2: Oh, I get asked this all the
1: time. I have to say, my one of my favorite countries. I say like Peru. I fell in love with Peru and the hiking, oh, okay, um, cool. and the culture there, and the people. I'd say like my favorite place. Probably is Galapagos Islands. Okay. Um, I've never been to anywhere like probably as special wildlife-wise and um, climate environmentally. It's just such a, an amazing ecosystem. Um, yeah. So I'd say the Galapagos Islands is probably yeah one of my favorite places
0: or my favorite place. Yeah. Where is it? I, I, you sound like David Attenborough. Like every time you said it, I was just like David Attenborough, like sort of voice in my head. <laughs> um, where, uh, where is that?
1: Oh Tom I'm coming for his job um that <laughs> is just off the coast of Ecuador. It's about um it's about a
0: two, hour, two and a half hour flight off the coast of Ecuador, right, okay, I actually think I seen an image um of you or you were with some so, i can't remember what the animals was was it the seals they were there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's a seal he was playing
1: a game of chicken with me I had like, <laughs> they're, they're like the lab they're the labradors of the Galapagos yeah, and I had like my GoPro. And um he was like a tie ty- he was coming at me, I was just snorkeling and he was coming at me and I was like,
2: Oh no per
1: out, like I then like, you know, you're not supposed to touch the wildlife and stuff there. Yeah. Um so I was like, Oh, he's gonna bite me or I don't know <laughs> what he's gonna do if he's like swimming at me. And they yeah. were like literally playing a game of chickens, so it's a freeze from a video. Um they're like swimming at you and then they'll come up and like swim at you and go down and wow Um yeah, they're they've the Labradors of the of the Galapagos, so uh, they're everywhere. Yeah.
0: you'll be sitting on a bench and
1: one of them will
0: just just pop up beside you and lie down beside you I love them, they are so cute and uh, Mm. what's really terrible I remember watching the David Attenborough Planet Earth and uh, they get hunted up in the Arctic by the polar bears like the wee small tiny sea pups and I'm just like oh that is horrible it's so sad because they're so cute so like did they say did the divers say to you that you weren't allowed to touch any of the wildlife whilst you were under the like whenever you were in the water
1: it's kind of just a given that like um the same like when you're in the Amazon or anything like that, that um you're, you're a visitor uh in, you know, in their world or in their home yeah. and like respect that and like don't try and touch them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, i always try and like protect you know, or respect that wherever we were. Yeah. Try and, you know, don't take anything from the sea with you when you're diving. Yeah, you don't take anything with you, you leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um you don't try and touch the seals, you don't try and touch the the turtles, yeah. um, or the giant tortoises or anything like that. Yeah. Um and same in the Amazon like um although there's one crazy guy who's like, Oh yeah, you can pet the crocodiles.
2: <laughs> um,
1: but uh like in the wild in, in the Amazon and Bolivia, like, but in general it's kind of um, you know, try and leave as little just leave only footprints. Yeah. Trying exactly. not to, you know, damage the ecosystem. And yeah. um, they're pretty fragile and um human and human obviously like invaded the Galapagos Islands and they um they got rid of um all the, the giant tortoises or one one species of it. Lonesome George is the last known one. Oh really? I can't remember exactly yeah, he died. They have other species of them, but um, this is like one one type of, of tortoise, because they brought goats onto the island and pigs. Mm hmm. Um to farm and to eat or whatever yeah. and, um, and rats and the goats and the pigs ate the, um, were
2: eating the, the turtle eggs. Oh. So yeah, they eradicated, yeah, they
1: eradicated the type species. So it's such a, you know, such a fragile ecosystem. So, yeah. um, if you bring in one thing or take one thing from it, you might think that it's not a big deal, but yeah. it'll have an effect then, a chain effect on all the, the like, the wildlife, the flora, the fauna. So
0: yeah that's yeah. fucking isn't that crazy okay. how like something could just like destroy like an ecosystem it's like in australia whenever i don't know who brought them over but they brought the cane toads over and they start fucking eating all the sugar crops all the cane sugar yeah. it's insane that that can happen yeah. Um, i, yeah. me- I remember yeah. watching that their documentary on the uh, netflix uh i think it was night on earth and it was uh saying i, I don't know if it was a galap how do you pre- i'm gonna sound so strange, is it the G- galapas islands Galapagos, yeah, Galapagos. Galapagos, okay, okay. <laughs> That's sounds so weird. Um, yeah, I remember watching the the documentary Night on the Earth, and um, it it was showing you baby turtles hatching, and like they have to make that journey from the eggs, like the beach to the water, and apparently it's so dangerous because mm. they've yeah. got like free like obstacles to go through. So it's like the seagulls first, then actually getting in and trying to beat the reef. And then there's sharks there as well to fuck with them. So, like, apparently, like, 90% of them, like, die, like, whenever they're trying to live. Isn't that disgusting? See, whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, that is, like, the worst thing that you can be born into. Like, that is crazy. Yeah.
1: Survival of the fittest,
0: yeah. It really is. And that's, I hate seagulls now. See, anytime I see a seagull, like I fucking hate, whenever they're outside McDonald's, I run over and like chase them away. I don't care if like animal rights come after me. Like I fucking hate them. They snatch baby turtles. <laughs> oh yeah, I, the seagulls are annoying. Yeah, I don't like them. They really are. Um, <laughs> so uh, so after you done, so whenever you done that six week trip in uh, Southeast Asia, you came back and did you say you done your masters?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, and uh, how hard was your masters? Tough. Yeah, yeah
2: tough. It was. Uh, yeah, it was a stressful.
1: Probably even stressful year of my life. Actually, trying to juggle everything between like training, working part time, and um, data collection, studying because it was full time thought masters. But um, yeah, I got through it. Like I come from, it was. I've just come from studying for my finals, so I actually think that kind of helped me. That I was in that study mind frame, and I'm still mm. thinking, okay, I'm a student, just just keep studying, get it done. But I don't think I could go back and do it now.
2: Yeah. Oh, I,
1: don't think <laughs> I could go back and do it now. Um. But yeah, and it was tough, but um, it was definitely definitely well worth. It was a good year.
0: And what was what's like the no way like. I, sorry I wasn't paying attention whenever you said it was like RA levels but obviously what you would do in the later stage of like high school um, what was was there like a jump from your uni degree to your master's like was there a jump in like the intensity of it
1: yeah massive yeah yeah it kind of made the final year like our bachelor's was a four-year degree mm-hmm. um and it kind of made it look like a bit of a butland's bit of a holiday camp pretty really, um to it. Uh, but yeah yeah um bit of a holiday camp yeah. compared to it and there was a lot more expected of you a lot more you know it just keeps jumping up like university is self-directed learning but this is even more self-directed learning and a lot more research and statistics yeah. and um yeah just you know no one holding your hand as much so yeah um
0: and what did you do? Yeah, I was
1: kind of, I really annoyed my research supervisor. I just kept like going into him like every day. Yeah. And uh, just been like, can you check this bit of work before I move on? And he's just like, oh, this is so annoying. He comes to me the whole time. And he's like, you know, it's good because you'll do whatever I tell you to do. Yeah. Um, he's like, but you need me to spoon feed you. I was like, I would love to be spoon feeding <laughs> you. Yeah. Learn off whatever you want me to learn off or do whatever <laughs> you want me to do. But, uh, yeah, going in, I suppose not having worked, um, or from that summer before was I think put me at a a, a disadvantage in one way and then an advantage in another way that I'll just tell me what to do and I'll just do it.
0: Yeah. And what did you like what did you have to do for like your masters?
1: Um so I did a research I did a a thesis and um, a so research project um collected data. So yeah, my my research project was looking at outcome measures and different outcome measures in GA players, Um so I did an intervention, so the intervention was an eight weeks, eight week, um course of Pilates. Oh, okay. um, and I was looking at then the differences in pre and post outcome measures or pre and post results after an eight week intervention. And then before we did the intervention, I had to do tests, uh, retests, kind of, to take the outcome measure on one day and then take them the following day mm-hmm. within a 24 hour period to say that the changes that occurred were real and true to the intervention and weren't just, you know, error or um you know, they didn't just change from day to day. So kind of looking at the reliability and the validity of the outcome measures. So that was one 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 part of the research and then pre and post intervention was another part of it. So I got to do all the data collection, teach the Platys, get a group of people who were
2: willing to Take my study. Yeah. Um, get ethics out and stuff
1: like that. So that was one portion of it and then write it up over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um and look at the research and the evidence that had been done before on on Pilates and on the iterator reliability and the validity of the echo measures I was using to make sure that they were valid. Yeah. Um and then obviously full time kind of study on so sports and exercise medicine. So yeah. Um, maximizing performance. Uh, physiology, anatomy, pathology. Um, musculoskeletal examination. Um, yeah.
0: So. That's amazing. And did you see whenever you were writing your thesis? Was it like did you have to have like a certain amount of words in it? Yeah, I don't think I would have been stuck with the word count. It was like an 80-page book or something. So, Oh, wow. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> I remember uh, I'd done my dissertation and it was it had to be over 15,000 words. And I got up to like 12,000 and I was like freaking out. I was like, oh, fuck, I've got 3,000 words to add into this. What am I going to do? And then as I was reading, like, no, way, like you just keep on reading through it and reading through it and then you're just like seeing it whenever you close your eyes. And I read through it and there was like, Whole like parts, like chapters, like that I basically had missed, and I was just like, "Fuck!" And my dissertation ended up being like twenty thousand words or something like that, and I was just like, yeah. "Why was I panicking at fucking twelve thousand? And I've got this amount of words now." <laughs> I wouldn't even know what a what a word count now. Uh, I don't
1: I actually don't even know what like an A four page word count would be. I just yeah,
2: neither. Also, like, it was like appendices and
1: that kind of thing, and like yeah, past. but uh. Yeah, I have no idea. It just took me a summer <laughs> to do. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so after
0: done. you done after you graduated then, um, how long was it before you went and done South America?
1: Um, so after I finished that for finished my masters, I worked for a couple of months and then went to France. And mm-hmm. then I was at home for about two years after I came back from France working full time.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah, I just I don't know. I just always had this urge. I just I just wanted to to go. Um, like I loved I loved Ireland. I loved home. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked my job. Um, but I just think it was always that in me that I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, for a longer period of time. Um, yeah, just, just, just couldn't. And it, it couldn't be scrapped. but yeah. um, As I was talking about it, and my friends were like, "You've been banging on about this since you've been about eighteen. Just go, <laughs> just go. You need to you need to go." So, um. Yeah, it was about two, about two years after I came back from France, then before before I went to South America, wow. I'd always been I was the person who would be on the plane on the way back from their holiday, looking at flights to go on their next holiday. <laughs> I, I went on about maybe the year before I actually went on about seven holidays a year, yeah. it was just like a city break. But like Europe was so accessible for us,
2: yeah.
1: Um, from from Dublin, but um, yeah, I was always I was always looking to go away. Where could I go next? When could my next escape be? Mm-hmm. Um was something back in it now was obviously it was obviously kind of telling me something. because um, I haven't had a holiday, God bless me. And everyone else, <laughs> but, uh yeah, no, not not a holiday. But I haven't kind of been away or gone even on like weekends away or anything. Um like pretty much since I started working here mm-hmm. back in February. And I haven't felt like I needed one either. Yeah. Um I mean, it's not my choice anyway. COVID, but would, would, would jump though. But I haven't felt like, I'm oh god, I need
0: to get away. So yeah, I think um, we're f- we're very blessed in Sydney to have the beaches as well next to us, and like there's so much to do as well. So like, you're never going to be bored. And whenever I was living in Belfast, like, um, like I love Belfast. Like it's it's a good city. And but like once you've sort of done everything, you could probably do in like maybe a week or two, and then after that, mm. it's just like. You're just doing the exact same thing, whereas I feel like whenever you're here, you just have, like, something that you're doing different, like, every sort of weekend, um, and, yeah. yeah, it's, I understand what you're saying, like, obviously, if you could travel, you would, but, I mean, we're not in the worst position, are we, in the world to, really? to stuck during COVID? No. Um,
1: I don't think I really, I don't think, I wasn't even looking at international travel this year, like, mm-hmm. With or without COVID, I would just probably head on like weekends or long weekends to, um, you know, go to WA. I love to do kind yeah. of a Western Australia trip. I had an East Coast trip planned over Easter, which obviously was cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, just just like that, but I'd be so happy to like check out Tasmania.
2: Oh um, yeah, definitely.
1: You know, head to Noosa for a weekend. You know, all these kind of I would be really happy just staying in Australia. Yeah, I know that obviously a massive continent, but um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just weekends and stuff, rather
0: than like, oh, I need to get out, I need to get away, I need to leave the country. Yeah. I need to feel the. I so flat so here with the sun and
1: the
0: beaches and everything, so. Yeah, and yeah. the good weather's coming as well, which is great. Um, I know. <laughs> I can't wait for that. It's like you were talking about the beach body. Definitely need to be hitting the gym hard. And <laughs> um, yeah, one a couple of my friends are actually they're doing the. Um, so they were doing farm work in South Australia, and then. After South Australia, they decided they were going to do, like, a road trip up to the Northern Territory in, like, Queensland and do the East Coast, and I was, like, thinking, I was like, holy fuck, it's going to be, like, really hard, like, with the borders and all being closed, but apparently, like, whenever, like, you're going to different uh, territories, you just have to prove that you weren't in, like, a hotspot of coronavirus. I feel like, I think, like, if you're coming from Melbourne or, like, anywhere in Victoria, like, it's just a straight note, or just, like, fuck off, you're not getting in, um yeah yeah. but I feel like if they I think if they proved that like they're not from a hotspot or something they got there but they are they were up at Uluru uh, the other day and I was just like I still haven't done that and I've been here longer than them in Australia and just like fuck I really need to pull a finger out and like actually get up there and fucking go and explore because it just looks it just looks amazing like and now with coronavirus as well like there's not as much tourists and it just looks like isolated it looks amazing yeah it looks it
1: looks Gorgeous, yeah. I've seen seen some photos. Yeah, really, really
0: keen to get on that and explore
1: a yeah, little more of Australia. Yeah. yeah. Are you kind
0: of? Probably oh, more uh, Yeah, exactly. Are, are you kind of like a? Would you be like a, a person to camp out, or would you be the person to stay in like hotels?
2: Um,
1: I'm probably changed in the last like after my year of backpacking. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the biggest camper now. It would be camper i wasn't able to like pee in a bush until last year <laughs> so i've become i've gotten really good at that now yeah expert um, yeah but um yeah no i'd be happy to camp um just the one thing my friend susie will probably laugh at this if she hears this and um, my hips get really sore lying on my side on the on the ground oh really so Once i've got some sort of padding or a mat yeah once i've got like a little mattress, even like just the ones you can blow up yourself. Yeah. I'd be I'd be good to go. But um yeah, no, I, I definitely embrace now the the hiking and stuff. So I'd love to find like a camper van and hike and stuff. Yeah. Um I I like my my nice things as well, but um now I kinda of roughed it for a year in, in hostels and mm-hmm. and camped in parts. But so I did give out away to camping, but yeah. then when you look back thing and I thought that was really good. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, it's a good experience to have isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Yeah. I think uh, whenever I've been, uh, most of the traveling that me and Emma have done, we, we actually haven't camped out together, which is weird. Um, we've just like, stayed at hostels and stuff like that and a couple of hotels. But um, I feel like Emma, like if we've done like the, uh, if we've got like, do you know one of those uh, home mobiles that you can like drive about in? They're class, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they look insane. Like, there's something that you can get for really cheap and it's basically, like, you get, like, your full bed, like, on the top deck of, like, the van and then you just pull out the back, like, you pull out the kitchen. Like, that looks fucking insane. Like, I would love that. Yeah. I would love that, yeah. I see,
1: I see you know, people actually, like, find them, doing them up and then
2: yeah. they're
1: going to go either rent them out, like, or, yeah, go on a road trip. I'd love to do that in the do, like, Western Australia or East Coast.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll
0: be all about that now. Yeah. I, I've yeah. seen that uh, there was like I didn't really like see many people like on my Instagram who, um, do the west coast of Australia, um, because everyone's just they've always known just to do the east coast. Like it's amazing going up uh to Cairns and stuff at like Great Barrier Reef, obviously, and then down like towards the Gold Coast and Byron Bay, um. But there was a couple of friends that we had who done uh Western Australia, and it just looked fucking mental. It looked like one of those David Attenborough documentaries where there was just like no one in sight. And, like, some of the beaches there were insane as well. Like, and you, it's not really, like, advertised as much, but it's fucking... It, it looks amazing. There's a place in Perth that I really want to do. Uh, <laughs> I know, like, that's, like, it's right in the city, but uh, there's a place called... Uh, I think it's rotten Island or something?
1: Rotness Island. Yeah, yeah Rotness Island. Oh, wow. That looks wow. Yeah, it looks And great. there's, like,
0: yeah. the wombats, like are like inhabited there and they're just like all over the place and they're so cute like I've seen loads of people getting pictures of them I think it's wombats isn't it it's yeah. wombats, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's, wombats. Uh, yeah I was thinking like,
1: they furry creatures yeah. yeah I think
0: it's wombats yeah it looks amazing like I would love to just go and just fucking steal one or two but I'd probably be like yeah, yeah be... make sure not to touch anything because I don't want to fucking give them coronavirus in their ecosystem or something like that <laughs> 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 so whenever you uh, finished your work in France and then you'd done two years working back in Ireland, and um, you decided then to do this trip in South America. Who who did you do it with?
1: Uh, myself, myself.
0: It was just yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I booked. Uh,
0: oh, my God. How did you have the balls to do that?
1: Yeah, uh, there was a sale. It was a Cyber Monday sale. Um, mind you, I had, like, uh, going out with someone at the time. I had a full-time job, right, okay. like, in the HSE which is, like, our version of the NHS. Yeah. And I saw flights on Cyber Monday. I got an email. Cyber Monday flight um, for, where was it? Oh, yeah, Mexico, Cancun. Oh. Right. They were less than 200 pounds, like,
0: one-way flight. Um, fuck, that's amazing. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just book
1: it, like, i I think I'll I'll I book it. Am I yeah. are you gonna tell me when to pay this? Am I gonna book it? You, are you I'm gonna quit my job? <laughs> um yes, I just booked a one way flight, one way ticket, didn't really tell anyone about it. And then um, like if I don't use it it's it's like the equivalent of like less than three hundred dollars. Yeah. I think it was like two hundred Euros. So hundred and fifty pounds. Um so yeah, and then a month later, uh yeah just got on the flight myself. I had one night in a hostel booked in Tulum, which is like two hours back like, on the bus from Cancun. And I had two nights in that hostel booked and that was it. Nothing else booked. Um,
0: was yeah, Mexico dangerous?
1: Yeah.
0: Did you hear me? Sorry. that's no, okay. Um, couldn't hear you there. So. No, it's all right. Um, was, I was asking, was uh, Mexico, was it like scary or dangerous or anything like that?
1: No, no. Um I think I'm a little bit naive sometimes where I've got blinkers on. Yeah. Um and I sometimes might not see things going on around me. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, even in Dublin I'm like brothels, there's no brothels in Dublin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What watching like Love Hate or any of those kind of things <laughs> that there. Um no, I've just played the area I went to Mexico was very safe and I'd actually been on a holiday to Mexico. Um, a couple months previous to it, so I've been on a holiday to Mexico in September into the same area. Okay, cool. So, um, and there's and that kind of ignited it as well. Like, there's so much I want to see, there's so much I want to do. Mexico is incredible. Um, so yeah, I flew into Cancun and then got a bus straight out. Mm-hmm. Um, to down sites, like two hour sites. So Tulum is very quite touristy, actually. Um, kind of beach hippie town. Mm-hmm. Lots of ashtevols and yoga everywhere. Um, mm. gorgeous beaches. Uh, lots of caves. Like lots of things to do. So I've been there before. So I thought, right, it's a safe place to kind of start. Yeah. Kind of remember my way around the time, and then yeah, see what I'm gonna do from there. And there was I remember there was a lake uh called Lake Bacalar um or the Lake of Seven Seven Colors um I'd like to see the, the color of the lake change with the time of day and with the with the sky. Oh cool. So I hadn't hadn't made it to there um before so I knew that I wanted to make it there and then I'm sorry, really, what, what was, was that called
0: It was the Lake of Seven Colours.
1: Central
0: there. Sorry, did you say sorry? it was the Lake of Seven Colours it was called?
1: Yeah, I think that's what they call it, yeah. Um Lake Bacalar, so it, it, it changes I've up that up now, but
2: yeah, yeah the well. Lake
1: of um Seven Colours so it it, it changes. Um changes color yeah i've got some photos it changes from like uh, this amazing like aquamarine so 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 blue to like a more kind of like purpley deeper
0: blue oh wow um, cool definitely have to give a, a look after on google it'll be on yeah um so um you said that you were just going to take it like as it came like so did you just go out there like to mexico and then you're just like right after you're done in mexico you're like where the fuck am i going next like you didn't plan any of it
1: uh no I had I had plans but I didn't I like, I didn't want to overplan things because it was only me and um I didn't want to overplan things as in if you've got a plan then you meet people and they're like oh have you heard about this place? Uh, yeah. we're gonna go check it out or like you know you meet a group of friends and you don't want to be like I've got my next hostel booked for the next six months mm-hmm. um or you know I've got flights booked or I've got whatever I didn't really have anywhere to be I had no plan as such but I had like read The Lonely Planet and read blogs. Mm-hmm. And had thought like, okay, start places on Google Maps, thinking, right, I want to check that place out. I want to check that lake out. Um, I want to check out the runes, the Tikal runes in Guatemala. I want to go scuba diving in the Blue Hole in um, Belize. I want to, you know, so I had like things I want to do and had read up on things and, but um, I had like a rough itinerary kind of in my head and on a bit of a spreadsheet, um, written down, kind of like. Okay, hey, roughly it'll take a couple of days to get there, but because I didn't know how long I was going to be away for, um, I wasn't on time res- restraint. Yeah. I wasn't too restrained by money either, and it was only me and myself that I had to answer to. uh like probably the first time in my life where I didn't have to tell anyone where I was going to be, <laughs> where no responsibility, no, yeah, yeah. I just do exactly whatever I wanted and just be completely selfish. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was so nice. It was really refreshing. Um, never had that before. It was kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's freaking my mom out a bit. it like, have you booked anywhere? Where are you going to be? Like,
0: Oh God, yeah. I could imagine the questions that you would probably be getting and all the missed phone calls as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you wouldn't. Yeah, do, especially yeah. when you know, so I didn't buy a SIM card or anything. So like there was a couple of days where you might be on a hike and you'd be out of Wi-Fi. Yeah. And kind of like... Uh, was missing missing girl reported in guatemala and then you're out of service for four days or something on a on a hike yeah um yeah and you hit the news at home you're like you know but i know my parents were they're pretty chilled about it so um,
0: fuck i if my daughter was away on the other side of the world and i I would be shitting myself every single day if she wasn't texting me like you just got to put yourself in the shoes don't you
1: (laughs) i know i was pretty good at the start with contact yeah and um My mum, The first couple of days was a bit relentless, but uh, it was good. Yeah, no, it was good.
0: No, that's brilliant. So you went to yeah. You you whenever you were in Mexico, then um, where did you go next?
1: I went to Belize after that. Okay, cool. I met uh, you meet amazing people. Like I met a girl on the boat on the way to Belize, and then traveled around Belize with her. Just stuck stuck with her, and that kind of thing with the planning. Mm -hmm. Like I plan a few days ahead, maybe two or three days ahead, but um. Oh, i stayed in this really awful hostel um in Belize, and i had like two nights booked in, and i had to leave after like one night i was like i was horrendous. the only one time i was like oh i feel awful here why what happened um uh oh, awful stuff going on in the dorm room the, what, like um, so was, like, <laughs>
0: hmm? well like cocaine or something well they were taking like really hard drugs or something or were they having like sex orgies
1: um, they probably <laughs> were again i didn't see it but it was like you know uh, all sorts going on in the bunk below me, and um, oh, no. people were watching it. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait! So we watching the
0: show. They were having sex. Put on, and um uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: The, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to be shy yeah. on this podcast, by the way. You can say shit, fanny cunt, whatever you want to uh, okay. say. Um <laughs> So you were on the top bunk, and like, what was the bed just moving? You were like, "What the fuck is going on down there?" And then there was like a freak show going yeah, on. Yeah, and it
1: was like there was um a threesome going on then in the bed. Oh like, my god! so I so in the bed like. Um. often me with one of the staff members in the hostel um, <laughs> and like the bin was overflowing it's like ridiculous like I've never had an event before oh, no. the bin was overflowing with like in South America and Central America you don't put the toilet paper in the bin you put it like or, sorry you don't put down the toilet you put it in the bin Eh? Yeah, what so the fuck yeah yeah because the, the I don't know the sewage
0: yeah the drain is supposed to be so, shit yeah
1: um yeah, you can't uh you can't put down the toilet. So our place was filthy, um it's just gross. And at the one time I remember texting my mom being like and my mom's like, Sorry, you weren't made for this. Was like, <laughs> you know, it's like my first week away. She's like, You were too precious for this. Precious. Yourself. Put yourself <laughs> <laughs> I was in a tiny island called Key Calker in Belize and there's not much on it. And Belize is actually quite expensive. Okay. Um but on my trip then at like 6 the next morning having not slept all night um, I was like I need to get really drunk if I'm going to be able to sleep in this place and then I need yeah. to move out the next day I met these two guys um, and they're like what are you doing and I was like I'm trying to find like hostels that aren't on com or like a hotel I need to get out and they're like there we need to get out as well so three of us got um, like this big this big kind of kind of like an apartment room and then stayed there for a few days but that's kind of the thing with over planning. makes you pay too much in advance you book too much you yeah. don't know what you're going to run into and who you'll meet so I met them and I met this other girl who I travelled around to leave with um, and then we, we traveled to Guatemala together so um, it was good because then you know she had heard of places that I hadn't heard of and um, yeah so it was good I didn't need to overbook um, so now the idea of too much forward planning kind of I like planning but office
2: commit too
0: much to something kind of freak me out yeah no i like, me and emma are we were are completely opposite like if we're traveling we'll have everything booked out because we don't want to be like in the situation where like oh fuck we'll need to uh, book like somewhere here and like we might not like the hostel or anything whereas like if we know we've booked it online like we could see what it's actually like but that was us whenever we first came out and started traveling like i feel like now after speaking to so many different people and like even just speaking to yourself there now like you, like it's better to like just go with the flow I think in those sort of situations like just go and then you you don't know who you're going to meet and like you said you, you just met up with two guys and both in the same situation you thought the, ho- the hostel was shit and you're just like fuck it we'll go and get somewhere else like that's amazing like that's what you want
1: yeah, I think it's because it was only me. But then when my sister and my brother were out with me, we had to book a little bit more because it was more of us. Yeah. And we we're going to like busier places. So you know, if you heard of a really good hostel as well, like there's you know a couple of famous hostels around the world. Um, they called like destination hostels, and one of them's like a castle in Panama, and that booked out. But you hear about that on the way. Oh. Hear okay. about that in Costa Rica from people. Um, and they're like, oh, my God, you've got to stay in this place, blah, blah, blah. But it books out, so, like, you know, plan your day. So there were yeah. times where you just got plan, but, like, I mean, like, plan a week in advance or plan, like, you know, maximum
0: mm-hmm.
1: maximum two weeks in advance. So I don't think I ever booked any more than that in advance.
0: Yeah. So um, were you, you whenever you were out, like, in uh, Belize, you um when did your uh, brother and sister come out? Was it, you said, whenever you went to Peru then?
1: Yeah, a month, months, months and months later. Oh, right. I traveled through Central America first. So um, I think I've probably been to about 12 countries before I hit Peru. Fuck. Um, Yeah, so like, I don't know how many there's. So from Belize, I went to Guatemala, and then El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. Mm -hmm. And then I sailed from a friend from work actually quit her job as well and met me in Panama. And then we did, like, a three-day sailing from Panama to Colombia together. okay, um, cool. And these, like, really remote islands called the Sandblast Islands. You're sleeping in hammocks.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, that's really bad. No running water. <laughs> sleeping in hammocks is really bad. <laughs> I'm being yeah, sarcastic. So
1: there's no, there's no beds, no nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got, you've pretty much got, yeah, it's, it's so remote, so yeah. remote, so, uh, um, yeah there's no running water on the islands um, yeah you bring all your food there's, there's nothing better. there's literally palm trees um tiny the islands of
0: coconuts you're like you're see the way yeah. you're describing it you're describing it like it's a bad thing <laughs> no i it,
1: uh, no, it was incredible i mean like food. yeah there's nothing there no it was amazing <laughs> it was like exactly what we wanted um, yeah 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 no so it was great. And then, yeah, I went to, from there, I went to Colombia.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then uh, Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands, which are part of Ecuador. Yeah. So I flew there for a week and then came back and then I met my sister in Peru um, in June. So I left in January. I left just after Christmas and I met my sister there, I think, in the middle of June. Oh, wow. a so, good six months later. Took That's me crazy.
0: To get to Peru. Yeah. And see, whenever you were in Central America, um, was it like very, like, like, I'm just going by what's, like, in the media and, like, what you see off, like, movies and stuff like that. But, like, was it, like, very, like, run-down, like, kind of, like, really poor? Like, you sort of knew you were, like, in the full world?
2: Yeah, like, Guatemala
1: is quite poor. Yeah. um, Yeah, Guatemala is quite poor. Parts of Belize have, like, quite a high crime rate Belize mm. City. Um, but Belize... the um, things in Belize are quite expensive, actually. Yeah. It's got a lot of American tourists there. Um, but, yeah, Guatemala is quite poor. Um... Yeah, and there's quite a high crime rate, I think. Um, so at the time and um, the most dangerous city in the world, or that the city with the highest um murder rate in the world, um, San Pedro Sula, which is the capital of Honduras. Yeah, Honduras um,
0: was supposed to be fucked up yeah, like really fast.
1: Like, don't tell Mum where I am right now. Yeah. Um I like think actually I was in Honduras on a bus to my birth <laughs> on my birthday, I was on a bus to Honduras. Yeah and oh, i told my mom where i was the whole time but um i think she still thought i was in guatemala so she mm-hmm. wrote on my facebook wall being like I hope you're having a great time in guatemala <laughs> and the girl i was with was like the girl i was with was like you didn't tell your mom you're in el salvador or honduras no? <laughs> um and i was like yeah we'll, we'll leave that out yeah um, i actually, she did she knew where i was the whole time but um yeah so el salvador is, is uh, i suppose quite impoverished as well and um yeah, parts of honduras um yeah Guatemala is quite poor bolivia is very poor as well um but uh yeah i don't know you kind of got you kind of got used to used to it then like coming into we a big city like the first kind of major city um, where city with more wealth was panama mm-hmm. i was like wow oh my god yeah it was that's was very different i wasn't we weren't used to that at that stage
0: so did, was there any like sort of time where you like sort of like you were like in, like, fear or anything? Like, I know you were on holiday, but, like, was there any, like, sort of time whenever you were doing, like, sort of uh, Central America where it was, like, sort of, like, scary?
1: There was one time, I think I was really lucky. There was one time myself and my friend, um, who I actually live with now in Sydney, uh, met her in Guatemala. Oh, wow. She, we had to get a bus from one area in Costa Rica to another, and we'd heard that this city was pretty dangerous. Um, it's, it's more so when the locals come up to you and um, they say, get into a taxi, you're white, you're a white female, walking, like, don't be walking around at night on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, we'll bring you here, or like, you know, and then people are just telling you, when you get off the bus, they're like, uh, I think, where was I? In Ecuador, Colombia, I was getting off the bus on my own, and like, the lady on the front of the bus was kind of like, what are you doing? Where are you going? Like, who's picking you up from here? I was like, no, and I'm going to this hostel. And she's like, you need to get into a taxi, um, now. And she's like, not any taxi, like, i I need to put you into a taxi. She took the taxi's registration number, spoke to him in Spanish, and was like, I, and took my number, um, and wanted me then to text her when I got to my location. Fucking like, hell. Will, they'll abduct you, they'll take you for ransom. So she was explaining to the taxi driver, I've taken your number plate, you have to bring her here. If you don't, if she's not back within like a half an hour to her location, like I'm gonna report you and um, to the police so that when the locals start doing that then you panic, you're like, Oh
0: shit. But wait I'm there, so like I'm you just went
1: s- no one knows where I'm um, I'm on my own. Like I think I was I can't remember which it was in Columbia maybe.
0: So wait, did you like just let someone put you in the taxi? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was not Colombia actually, so I'd met someone by, my friend Susie joined me by the time I was in Colombia. Yeah. I must have been further up in Central America somewhere, because in El Salvador or somewhere. Yeah, I was was on my own. Oh my Um, God,
0: I, that I that's fucking insane. Like, how could you even trust someone to put you in a taxi? Like, that could have been you being abducted.
1: She was female, getting me off this bus at night and then escorting me to, like, a taxi. But she kind of came up to me and was like, who are you with? And, like, my Spanish was pigeon Spanish, I don't really speak Spanish. Spanglish. Um, I was telling her I'm on my own, and she was just like, it's not safe, it's not safe. Um, yeah, the thing that she kept saying was like, Muy a which means like very dangerous. <laughs> like, great. Okay. The locals are telling you it's, it's, you know, like so yeah. super. So, things like that was, it scared me, and then like another time, so with that whole taxi ride, I was like, I really hope he brings me where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. Um, and then another time, yeah, my, a friend, I was saying we we're in Costa Rica going to a bus, and it was like four in the morning. And then there was this kind of drunken guy, we've been warned again that it was a really dangerous the city mm-hmm. um, or this town we were in. Um, and this drunken guy started shouting at us um, and like coming up to us. And then we missed the bus and stuff. And we we're like two white girls with our big backpacks can't run away from anyone Yeah. on um, our belongings. And um, there's a couple of couple people roaming the streets at four in the morning. One of them coming over to us, shouting and following us. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we were like, "Oh my god, we just need to get on the bus. We just need to get on the bus. We need to get out of here." Um, but that was probably, I said nothing crazy, just a few times. You just be like, "Hey, don't have your phone out. Don't be on your own walking at night. Or if you are, head down." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, if a shadow came near me or anything like that, I probably would nearly wet myself a couple of times. <laughs> to
2: start, but, um, <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> nothing I, I i kind of got away unscathed so yeah yeah i was, I was really lucky because you do hear
0: stories yeah definitely there's so many stories that you hear and like you see it in the movies as well i, I feel like i probably live in the movies too much like whenever i go to like <laughs> certain countries which is sort of a downfall because bear better just to let your hair down and just fucking go for it but um yeah i, I wouldn't like really trust too many people like if i was about but Suppose I suppose, like, if you're by yourself, you probably take more risks, whereas if you have, like, someone with you, you sort of feel like you're dependent on them, or they're dependent on you, so you need to, like, sort of have your wits about you. Um, so then, you, you went to Peru, and then, did you do, like, Brazil or anything, or, like, Argentina?
1: Yeah, yeah, so from Peru, I um, went into Bolivia, and uh, my brother came with me there, so we went into Bolivia, and then... My sister went home from Peru. She had like a month with me in Peru, um, and another the friend who met me from work, um, who travels from like Panama City down to down to Peru with me. Um, I left her in Peru, um, and yeah. Then my brother came. We went to Bolivia, mm-hmm. and he actually met well a group of my friends who I'd met in a guy I met in Colombia, um, and we I bumped into him randomly on the street in Peru.
0: Oh wow! Him. Really?
1: And um. It's crazy like that. And we ended up being <laughs> on the same Machu Picchu trek. Yeah. So That's um, what I was actually going to say to you. Fucking
0: Machu Picchu. That is one of the places that is like my top go-to. Like I really want to do it. It looks amazing. Yeah, Machu Picchu is incredible.
1: Yeah. And we did like the four-day hike to get there. Crazy. Um, which is great. We did like uh, mountain biking, white uh, whitewater rafting. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, it was great to actually have my brother and sister really special actually to be able to do it with them as well yeah um uh, it was really nice um but yeah we Declan and his two friends had joined him he was traveling on his own and his friends flew out for Peru as well to kind of do the Machu Picchu and there's a lot to do in Peru mm-hmm. um so then we went on we we climbed to the Machu Picchu with them and had like four days kind of hiking and camping and stuff with them so that was great and then my brother was like to me what's what's your plan now? Like, where are you headed next? I was like, oh, Bolivia, but I'm going to do one or two other things here in Peru. And he's kind of like, I'll just do whatever you're doing.
2: Oh, okay, cool. I thought
1: they're heading on to, to Bolivia. Um, do you mind if I head on with them? I was like, oh yeah, go on. So I was like, well, I'll catch you up in a week then. (laughs) Um, so he abandoned me and head off the lads
2: to Bolivia. Yeah.
0: That's insane. That's so like cool though. Like, the, it was so like free spirited just to fucking just get up and just do that and just be like, yeah, sure, I'll just see you want to see you in South America, wherever we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was mad. But yeah, we met up like, I don't know, four or five days later in, um, in the hospital on the path and then did a couple of things together. And then, um yeah, he was like, oh, I think I'm going to head back up towards like parts of Peru that he didn't do. Um, to was flying home from there. So I went into Chile and then I think he flew or got a bus up from Chile or something back up uh anyway towards Peru and yeah. uh, flew home. So, um yeah, we weren't like joined his paper anything, but it was great to have him out. It was um it was really nice to have him out travelling. Um so we weren't together for for too long but um Yeah you know, kinda of a couple of weeks coming and going and seeing each other. So he we actually went off and did it on his own. Mm. Um after seeing kind of how easy it was to meet people in hostels and stuff. Brilliant. And then, uh, yeah, I kept going. Went from Bolivia to Chile, um, Chile to Argentina, and then Uruguay, and then Brazil. Yeah, and then went from Brazil uh, to the World Cup in Japan. Oh, and, you went... And traveled around Asia then, so...
0: Oh, brilliant. Yeah, seeing that you went to Japan as well, That that's one of my uh, bucket list places to go as well, I'll fucking... It looks amazing. Like the food, like looks insane. Tokyo looks fucking crazy. It looks like a computer game.
1: Oh, <laughs> you have to, well, you have to go if you're into like any of those kind of like computer games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're really into that over there, and um, anime. If you're into anime as well, yeah. Um, and then food. If you're a foodie, off oh, the food in Tokyo. Yeah. Food in just amazing. The
0: yeah. food looks fucking insane there. I actually seen uh, one of our friends went and they done in tokyo uh you can do like mario kart like in the actual roads like on the street yeah did you yeah, do that yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, i didn't actually do it because i didn't have an international driver's license oh, but i met right, my okay. cousin in japan and him and all his friends did trying to get my drive like my international driver's license time but it just uh wasn't, yeah wasn't working out but um <laughs> yeah the group i had met up with in japan did it and they looked fast it looked really fun yeah, yeah. it was mad it looked all like dressed up like just yeah, you.
0: like all the characters, like fucking Mario Kart, like that's amazing. I would love to do yeah. something like that. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, it's proper proper wearing. Yeah, you dress up
1: like you pick your character.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's fucking like it's an insane. Like you don't see any of that stuff like back in like back home. Like they should do more of like that stupid crazy shit. Like it would be amazing. <laughs> um. Yeah, fuck! I I seen some of your pictures in uh, Japan and looked insane. There was one that actually stuck out for me. It was uh. I think it was, like, a memorial or something, but it was, like, a big, massive dragon.
2: Uh Yeah, 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 I do, yeah. yeah it, like, yeah, Italy, just like okay, that, like, yeah. the,
0: the architecture there like, just looks fucking, like, insane. Like, it's so, like, magical. It's, like, I know it's completely different. Obviously, in Mulan's in China, but, like, it sort of, like, reminds you of, like, that, like, all that there, sort of, like, all the dragons and stuff like that, and uh just fucking, it, it looks beautiful. It's It's really one place that I would definitely... Would want to do as soon as like the coronavirus uh, restrictions are lifted. I would definitely go straight to Japan. Um, Osaka looks amazing as well. It's kind of like the old, like sort of Japan, isn't it? I loved
1: Osaka. It was one of my favorite cities. It's so crazy. It's it's so crazy. Um, I think maybe I think you might be talking about Kyoto. There's. Oh yeah, Kyoto. Yeah. yeah. Um and Kyoto has like the bamboo forest.
0: Oh wow.
1: And um, if you've seen photos of the bamboo forest, um but Osaka, yeah, they're amazing, they're quite close to each other. Um Kyoto has a lot of temples and like the yeah. Gion or the Geisha district. Mm-hmm. You'll see everyone like wearing the traditional kind
2: of you know, like the white faces. Oh yeah. The traditional, I think it's geisha, I don't actually know what it it's called, but it's like the silk
1: kind of like
0: Dresses and stuff.
1: Um, things and they wear like these white, these white like flip flops with uh like socks with that look like gloves. Um, <laughs> or, like umbrellas and everything. Um, yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous, like the old district there. Um, it's stunning, but um, yeah, if that was like next level. It's just crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know, It's like um, an arcade on, like, um, one of those arcades with all the, the lights and the balls and yeah. the, everything going. And it's like when I'm on steroids. <laughs> yeah it's like every night as well yeah um yeah
0: there's a there was a guy I actually knew from Japan and then um, he was telling me that it's like one of his most like favorite places in the world he's obviously born there but um he said that they have like such like a great like landscape because it could be like call like and, like weather sorry like climate so like they have like really like good summers and then in the winter like they can do skiing as well and like he's into snowboarding and, and um he was like telling me all these like different things and I was just like, holy fuck, like, I actually didn't know that about Japan. Like, you're so oblivious to, like, so much stuff whenever you're just, like, stuck in Ireland. But then whenever you, like, travel to, like, even, like, like the likes of, like, Thailand or something, or even in Australia, you meet so many different people and they start telling you about where they're from and all. And you're just like, holy fuck, like, the world is massive. And, like, I've just been living this, like, little shell in Ireland. <laughs> so small. That was the one thing when people
1: were like, oh, you must have done it all. You spent, like, a year going around. You must have done it all. I didn't know. The only thing that's highlighted for me... It's how much more there is to be, yeah.
2: like,
1: you know, but that's more what I want to do. And I kept being like, oh, my God, I have no time. I have no time. I was, like, nine months in South America or Central and South. Um, you know, if you meet people, because some people spend, like, three months in just Brazil or, you know, yeah. like, months on end in just one place. And you do, like, I was like, oh, I have no time towards the end. I was like, I'm just too rushed. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and, yeah, you think it's, like, so much time, but, oh, there's so much to use, so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, once you like sort of finished your travels, like, what made you come to Australia now?
1: Yeah, I always wanted to to probably to come to Australia. So the end game was always probably here. Um, and just like the lifestyle, I'm kind of i sports freak, or fanatic, and really into anything fitness, and it's just kind of the lifestyle, and the people. They're outdoors,
2: they care about their health here. This is real, it's like the 5am club here. Everyone is <laughs>
1: up at 5 6am, getting their training done. Everyone seems to be happy. Yeah. Um, I don't need too many, like, mm-hmm.
2: Um.
1: You know, everyone seems to be really positive. Um, and it's just a real get-up-and-go attitude. Obviously, I, I didn't know about that before I came, but I had heard the lifestyle was really good here. And for my job as well being physio and a training conditioning coach felt mm-hmm. like it was a lot of work here and, and people do, they put their health first here. And um, people are pretty proactive about it. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and the research world, like, um, there's a lot of very good research, physio-wise and medical-wise, that, and sports medicine stuff that comes out of Australia, and Australian physios and researchers. Um, so yeah, I just thought it'd be a good place to, so i definitely be able to get work. Yeah. Um, would enjoy the work and obviously there's no language barriers here and <laughs> yeah. the weather's another thing. so um yeah I just thought it'd be an easy life and just could imagine myself you know going for a run down Bondi Beach or swimming before work and uh yeah and I'd heard about it um from from people and just thought god that sounds kind of a bit of me so yeah um this is always the end game yeah
0: So did you, whenever you came to Australia, did you have a job lined up or did you just come here first and then just sort of applied?
1: Um, I had interviewed with people on Skype um, and had actually had like an offer on Skype um, and then had interviews when I got here. um, And then I hadn't really had an exception, I think. Um, So yeah, then met when I came here, had like maybe seven or so job interviews lined up in one offer and then went, met the... Managers that look at the clinics and, um, yeah, I look around and then there was one place, the place I work now, which, um, which I just saw on, I saw online was like, I really love what they're about. Um, yeah, I love their, their website, what they do. Um, they teach reformer pilates and like small group classes and very like exercise and evidence based and that was, like what I was looking for over here. Yeah. Um, and it was right in Bondi Junction as well, like near where I live and, you know, apart from the beach and everything near Centennial Park, two places I spend the most time, Centennial Park and the beach. Yeah. So, um, but it wasn't just location, it was just kind of everything they, they were about and, um, uh, and a big enough team as well and everyone seemed young and kind of, you know, sporty and, um, yeah, so I applied there. I actually just walked up with a the CV they're like, do you have an appointment? I was like, no, please hire me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I got a job with them and I love it. So, um, yeah, but I think even just looking online before and getting job interviews and getting Skype interviews and stuff like that when I was like sitting in a shack in the Philippines, I was like, okay, this is the right choice. There's plenty of jobs going. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll be stuck. So, um, yeah, I was never too worried about it. Yeah. I was always... I was certain I pick something up, but, um, yeah, I have like my dream job
0: here, so. That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, so, so what is like your sort of, I'm not too, like, familiar with physiotherapy, but do you, like, specialize in, like, a certain area of the body?
1: Uh, yeah, so this is my master's and was in sports and exercise medicine. So by virtue of that, I kind of specialized as such in musculoskeletal. Um, physio, there's, there's lots of different types of physiotherapy. Um, so, musculoskeletal is kind of the muscles, uh, joints, yeah. bone, like, bones is more orthophilic, so it's kind of like, you know, if you've got um, uh, a sore shoulder, a sore back, a sore knee, that kind of thing, knee um, strengthening, tore muscles, more of your day to day kind of things and, and sports physio. Uh, more of what you, I think, think of when people associate with physios, they kind of forget that physios do chest physio. they work in ICU, they work with pediatrics, yeah. um they work in you know, in cardiac rehab. Um so it's more your private practice kind of um physio or outpatient physio. So yeah, the place I work in now, um we deal with everything but um we deal with a lot of um back pain and post spinal surgery. So a lot of um like neurosurgery, so back and neck surgery fuck That's i'm kind of what we i do a lot of i might uh, need to come uh, to you
0: because um <laughs> i remember uh two about a year ago um, a year and a half ago i was uh, deadlifting dead and i was going from a PB and i lifted it up done one and then came back down i was like oh that felt really good so i was like fuck it i'll go for the second one so i went for the second one and the next thing i don't know if i like hyper extended or something and whenever <laughs> i like like sort of was like letting it go back down to the ground I was like oh fuck something's really bad like it sort of felt like one of my discs had slipped or something like that and I just put the like the whole thing just fell crashed off my knees and I like whenever any time I tried to straighten like my back it like was so sore like I mean it was the worst pain ever had to get someone to put away all my weights and I was like doing like transport at the time from Uh, my house to the gym and I was like I'm gonna have to order a fucking uber and I got an uber back to the house and like the uber driver had to actually get out and like help me up like to stabilize me to try and get up and I remember I just got into the house and I just went straight into bed and I just was like not gonna lie I was fucking crying like it was the most sorest pain I ever had in my life and I was like bed bound for two days and then after the two days like I was putting on like heat packs and stuff like that there. I was trying to put on like uh, ice and stuff like that as well. And I was just doing like sort of hot and cold therapy the whole time. And uh, then like after a couple of days it like just like start, I could feel like starting to disappear. And then I sort of had like PTSD of doing deadlifts, didn't touch deadlifts for ever. I was just like, I was too afraid to fucking do them. And then it wasn't until recently and whenever i joined gym a couple weeks ago i started doing again and started getting the courage to actually do it and i was like doing more research because like whenever i went to the gym before like i was just going and just fucking wasn't really researching about it but i had done a couple of courses and stuff like that and then i was just like oh i know what i've done fucking wrong (laughs) Um, and started reading like books and stuff like that and uh I, i just realized that like technique was totally off shouldn't have fucking done that and um, didn't even have like a spot or anything to help me and uh, yeah mm. I, I think like if I went to a doctor or like went to a physio they would have told me that like I, I had like some nerve damage or like a disc might have slipped for me like telling you like sort of what happened can, can you think of what happened? Um, well if you a lot of the times you've had like if so I don't
1: discs don't work like dinner plates some people think they do that they slip and they're gone and you won't get them back right. um, but you might have had like a a disc irritation or, um, so unless you've had, like, if you're having shooting pain down your legs or pins and needles or numbness, tingling, loss of power, loss of sensation, if none of those, if everything I thought was okay, um, it could have been just a, like a, a disc irritation or probably an acute muscle spasm. Yeah. If you're just putting too much load on, you weren't able to tolerate it. Um, so you call me a bitch from what you were, from what you're, um, Sorry,
0: you call me a bitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it
1: was a it was an awful dose of softness. That's what you had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really bad. <laughs> awful dose of softness. Can you like? Can you trap nerves like from doing awkward move like movements?
1: Not trap nerves is such, but you can like put them in your back. You, you can have um, you can have a like an impingement, a nerve impingement. Yeah, so um. Yeah, so I suppose the same thing in like layman's terms of, like a trapped nerve. Yeah, um, yeah, so you can have an irritation of a nerve, or um, it can be impinged or being caught somewhere along, somewhere along the, the neural system. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so our our nerves start in our in our spinal cord, and then they branch out from there, and then run down to our fingers and our toes. Um,
0: do you like, whenever you were doing like your studies, did you like learn about uh, is it called? podiatry like to do with your feet
1: Podiatry, yeah um I, yeah we we learned obviously the anatomy of of the feet and things that can go wrong with your feet and um yeah musculoskeletal disorders and pain um and biomechanics as well mm-hmm. um didn't study dietary as such but um yeah we didn't i know you can do courses i haven't done them but um for prescribing um like insults and making molds and things like that for for your feet yeah um yeah and then we did have I did have a podiatrist actually come in and do a talk um a doctor who, who specialises in that um in into my masters um so yeah obviously yeah, feet are quite a big part so yeah well was, that's why I was
0: going to ask like um because I remember listening to a podcast and. Um, so Grab is talking about like how important it is that you need to make sure that you have the right shoes on because it can fuck up your spine. Like um, as you like grow older, so like it depends like what certain shoes like you love, um, like to wear. And um, do you have like I don't know we're going totally off topic with this here, but do you have like any like sort of like specific shoes that you would actually like wear? Um, I would wear when I'm. I
1: actually do deadlifts and squats in my bare feet a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, or like a flatter shoe. I don't have
2: lifters. Okay.
1: Um, I know people if you've got decreased ankle range of motion, um, or like uh very tight calves or anything like that. So coming up onto like a little block, and you'll see that with people who wear lifters. Um, so if they bring the angle, their foot up a little bit, it gets it makes it easier to come into a deep squat. Yeah. Um, so if you put your heels up on small blocks or lifters, um, I quite on my bare feet. Yeah, I don't have lifters um or sometimes from trying to come a little bit lower into a squat i'll put them up on like on tiny like 1.25 kg yeah little little plates um but no for for running i think it is really important to the right footwear um and like if you're wearing very flat shoes or wearing shoes that are too narrow for you um there can be like you know consequences of that Mm -hmm. um especially when i come over here first wearing loads of flip-flops doing lots of walking um I've started to get a little bit of like plantar fasciopathy. So you'll hear people talk about plantar fasciitis and uh, pain in the sole of my foot from doing loads of walking and wearing really flat
2: shoes. Oh, right. Okay. Um,
1: so I just put a better shoe on, a small bit of a heel lift, and it wasn't getting the pain then as much. And yeah. do a few of my exercises as well. Um, yeah, I run in, actually, if you were asking this lately, I run in Um, Mizuma's. um I've got yeah. quite a broad foot and your feet expand when you run. Um, so when I wore other shoes, they were too narrow and they're giving me blisters and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I wear Mazumos now. Um, they're like the first thing I bought when I got over here. Okay. So I'd thrown out my old ones from traveling there in bits. Yeah. And can't run and really anything else. So yeah, it is important that, um, that you wear like a, a good supportive shoe. And if you've got like lax ankles and things like that, like a shoe with a heel cup as well is pretty important. and um, so you're not, you know, going over on your ankles and. Yeah uh to protect them as much as possible. But it depends on your anatomy, it depends on what activity you're doing. Yeah. Um, it depends on like quite a few things. So I wouldn't just say, Oh, I wear Mizumos, so best for me. Go get Mizumos yeah. or go wear Brooks or go wear Essex. Um, because it's it's really, really broad, but and um, there are certain shoes that are obviously made for running, and ones that aren't. Like Converse are not made for running. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, I would not recommend anyone to go for a five K in Converse.
0: Fuck that! Um, no way.
1: Like Metcons and stuff like that aren't either. So yeah. Um.
2: Yeah.
0: So I was actually going to bring that up to you. You actually uh, said it to me, which was uh, kind of funny. Uh, I what I done was like, whenever I like deadlift, like throughout my whole life, and. Um, i done it whenever I was younger with trainers on. And then you obviously seen people in the gym wearing like Converse or like just wearing no shoes at all. And then I, I didn't really like research it until like whenever I was a bit older. And they were like saying that you get more power if you're obviously like on a flat surface. What's like sort of your understanding of it like from not wearing any shoes? Because like now I don't wear any shoes. I just, if I'm like squatting or deadlifting, I'll like just have my feet out and then um, what what's sort of like your understanding of that
1: yeah I feel just for me I feel like I can get yeah, so um I get a better sense of the ground and it's because my runners are like pretty chunky ones they're pretty the foamy ones um so they they'll tip me a little bit onto they've got a a heel on them, but they kind of tip me and roll me onto um like my forefoot onto my toes and when I'm squatting I want the weight to be Predominantly through my heels, and same when I'm deadlifting, yeah. I'm be using my glutes and using kind of like the posterior chain. So, um, I just feel like I get um more balance and yeah, like a better grip on the floor or sense of where my feet are, like better proprioception when I don't have my shoes on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I can push more through my heels, um, to engage my glutes.
0: Okay, so there is a science behind like doing that, obviously.
1: Um. I don't know too much about designs. I haven't really looked into it actually that much, <laughs> but I know that they say to wear, um, like a flatter shoe or one that's closer to the ground surface. So if you have got more cushion or a very thick shoe, um, it's like kind of it's like being on a wobble board or a balance cushion or something like mm. that. Um, so you want to be able to feel the ground or feel the surface you are pushing up from. Um, that increases your your proprioception, so the idea of where your joints are in space.
0: Yeah, that, that that's what I actually learned about, like um if you like are doing like those like sort of comp- compound movements and um, exercises like it engages in more of the muscles as, and that's what you want you don't want to be like stationary like doing like some of the um uh, machine uh sort of exercises and um,
2: yeah i think
1: compound exercises are kind of the way forward for working everything working your core yeah um yeah they just they're better bang for your buck um uh, basically but obviously they do require a bit more technique than. yeah the machine exercises so probably best if you've you no know, experience in the gym to maybe get a personal trainer, or get yeah. an SMT coach, get someone who has experience with it. Even if it's just like a friend who might know a bit more than you. But um, we got a trainer, a coach just to go through those compliments with you. So yeah. We'll keep the rest of them
0: and um, I wanted to ask you um, sort of one last question about your, I, I know you probably have like confidentiality with like uh, patients, oh well not patients but people who <laughs> sort of come to you. What's like, uh, like what's your sort of like, okay so what would be your sort of funnest moment of being like a physiotherapist?
2: My funniest moment? Yeah. Oh my god!
1: Um,
0: <laughs> Pin you on the spot.
1: Um, I was mobilising someone in hospital, um, and uh, an elderly man, and he um, was after surgery, and I was getting him up, and he lost control of his belt.
0: <laughs> oh no! So he just shit himself.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my god!
1: Uh, yeah, I wasn't was actually like funny as such but i'm trying to think like
0: no that is funny yeah. as fuck like he just shot himself whenever you're trying to get him up <laughs> oh my god that is
1: yeah he got out of bed and then yeah yes he was wearing a gown like you know day one post op. oh um, no yeah he's wearing a gown with has like no cover if you're not wearing underwear do you know the hospital gowns yeah you just tie it back yeah yeah
0: Oh my god! No, I couldn't do that. I would have like just literally threw up straight away as soon as he would have shot himself. That's yeah. fun
1: That <laughs> uh, that was one of them. Um, another one was actually I was in Sweden and I was a student and I was like, oh my god, I failed. So teaching a guy
2: wheelchair skills
1: and um, he was had a, a spinal cord injury. Was pretty new to obviously his injury. and was in the hospital for rehab. And we have people's wheelchair skills, so I had out in a wheelchair as well and I said, right, we're going to go outside. We're going to go to the car park and like navigate and um, getting up and down curbs and like turning and reversing and just how to navigate basically on unsteady on surfaces. We're getting ready for a discharge and to be sent to like, like an outpatient rehab center yeah. um, out of the hospital. And we came down a curb and I was in a wheelchair as well. Obviously I can get out of the wheelchair. Um, we came down curb in the hospital and then like hit the road but he hit it too quick and he fell out of the wheelchair
2: oh my um, god
1: yeah not funny obviously really like yeah. these things are actually not funny but um i was like oh my god is he okay like you know uh not heavy but he was uh there's a guy probably 80, 80 to 90 kilos and oh, wow. i was really struggling to get him back in <laughs> um and he was fine he was fine about it but i was like oh god, i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail I'm gonna let the fall. Um he like cutting his head and everything,
0: and he was absolutely Oh behind, really? God. Oh fuck.
1: Um, looking back that it was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, definitely, that's like, funny. What?
1: My friend was like, what were you doing? I was like, I was coming behind him in the wheelchair as well. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I had to get out and, and try, try and help him back in, but uh, yeah, my supervisor was, she was just like, oh, well, it's good that it happened here, because it's gonna happen to him again, so um she's like, he might slow down, and uh, yeah, learn a lesson from that. Fuck right. yeah. Not, you know, in Ireland I probably would've failed but, uh, <laughs> would
0: have failed in placement. But uh, yeah, that's probably uh, not nothing, nothing else really. Um that's like funny, I suppose. That's kinda like a scrubs yeah, moment, yeah. isn't it? Or like something you would see like in France. <laughs>
2: like
0: one of <new> those sitcom things. <laughs> um No, that's amazing. Um I fucking I wish I would have done something like that whenever I was younger, like something to do with um sort of physical studies like PE or something like that and then sort of it would manifest manifested like going to university to do like sports science or something like that and I just went down a stupid route like I, I was in love with history and I just was like fuck it I'm just going to do history and then I had this like notion I was going to be a teacher and then I got to uni and then I seen like all lectures I was like fuck I would actually love to be a lecturer and then just whenever I'd done my three years I was just like fuck it, I like, really can't be fucked like studying anymore but I suppose there's something like you always hear people saying like you can always go back to it can't you but it's different I think always
1: it's never it's never too late and yeah just find something new I know something you enjoy obviously I love holidays I love time off but yeah I really really love work now I don't I don't mind working I don't mind like working at the weekend to help people out I work with the rugby team over here at the weekend and I actually love it like yeah, I love it. I don't mind. Sometimes I'll
0: be like, "Oh, god, I'm yeah. working today," but
1: um, you know, I really like it to, so, you know, that's
0: amazing. Something we really enjoy. And uh, I wanted to ask you just one final question. Um, do you get like a really like good sense of like gratitude and like sort of like that happy feeling whenever like you see someone like progress like through like their physiotherapy?
1: Oh my god, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's a real, um. Our job satisfaction with it. Um, yeah, and sometimes it can be really, it can be really big, like getting someone like post spinal cord injury, um, like back out in the community, back home, you know, independent, back to work, or like you know, and we had one guy like back walking and things like that, and that's like that's amazing. Wow. It can be just as small as like getting someone who's like a recreational tennis player, or you know, someone in their 60s who loves to play golf and hasn't been able to play golf because of pain. They're like, oh, I'm back playing golf and it's great and I'm, you know, cause it's their social outlet. So, um, yeah, I love what Someone told me yesterday, they're like, this is my favorite part of my week. They're <laughs> recovering from a neck and spine, a neck and back surgery.
2: Aww.
1: Three surgeries actually a neck and two discs removed in their neck and one in their back. and, um, Yeah, she was kind of like, I mean, you know, especially with COVID and everything like that, she's not working and stuff and just that, um, this is my favourite part of the week and she's like coming in here for my physio sessions and getting to exercise and feel like I'm like progressing and I'm getting on well so um, yeah, it's massive that's like a huge part of part of it as
2: well
0: so yeah That's amazing Great little That's classic that's something that you like want to obviously like have whenever you're older like as a job like you want to be like doing something that's going to help people which is amazing Um, yeah, very very uh, it's it's good work that you do, um, but yeah. Listen, sorry. I think we've we've done quite a long time here. Um, <laughs> it was really you, you just get lost whenever yeah. you do these podcasts. I swear, like I'll be talking to people and I'll be like, holy fuck!" Like it's been like coming up to like two hours now. Um, oh, Lord, yeah, I can't
1: believe
0: that. Do you have obviously you're on Instagram? Do you have like a blog or anything, or do you have like a YouTube channel? Do you do anything like that or?
1: I uh, don't don't do YouTube. um no, I cringe at the sound of my own voice. Um, <laughs> shock, I've been talking for two hours <laughs> yeah. to myself, but uh <laughs> yeah, cringe at the sound of my own voice. But um yeah I have a blog actually. I started it when I started travelling, um just to kind of keep a keep a record of like where I went and there's a lot of food on it. Like I ate I'm a big foodie. Um and yeah, things I did and kind of how to do it on a budget. Um so yeah, it's um Irish dot com, uh, same as my Instagram. And um yeah, I haven't written on written in a while, but um I'm doing a road trip now in a few weeks' time, so I'll I'll do a blog post on that. But um yeah, if anyone has any questions about when we're able to travel, that's so they can they can find me there and, and go through kind of a couple, you know, how to's on yeah. certain countries and whatnot. Um so yeah
0: brilliant you know that's great Um, i'll get the link off it Um, afterwards we're finished uh but yeah thanks very much for doing this tonight Amen.